Welcome to season three of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's women of faith. I'm your host, Dawn Damon, and I get to speak to some of the most resilient women alive who, like Esther of old, step up with courage to face trials head on and triumph. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be unmothered? Well, probably not if you've experienced that. My guest does know something about being unmothered. In fact, she's lived it and she's written a book about it. It's called Unmothered, Life with a Mom Who Couldn't Love Me. My guest today, she's an inspirational speaker. She speaks at churches and retreats and seminars and conventions. And she's currently working now on her second book, Lessons of How to Break Generational Dysfunction. We need to get that book, don't we? She's a member of ASA. ASA, that's the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association and a certified ASA writing and speaking coach. She's a graduate of the Christian Communication Conference and recently became a linked personality coach. She loves helping and coaching women and helping them to reach their God-given potential, despite perhaps a trauma-filled past. Would you please welcome my guest today, Phyllis Mantelli. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? And thank you for joining me today on Arise Esther. Of course. Love to have you. And I'm eager to hear a little bit about your story and we, you and I have had the chance to talk and get to know each other because we are in the same mastermind group. And we then, are. <laughs> we've, we've gone deep a little bit before on some certain subjects, but today we want to talk about being unmothered. What do you mean by being unmothered? Tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah. So being unmothered, well, for me, how I, I described that um, description was I grew up in a really violent household and also with a mom who um, wanted everything to look perfect on the outside, but there was a lot of chaos going on on the inside. And um, she really wasn't in tune with reality, <laughs> I will say. And so as I grew up, I found out later because this wasn't even a term back then, but I believe my mom was bipolar. And so there was very high highs and very low lows. And what she did to normalize that was drink. And so she was an alcoholic, although I will say she never kept alcohol in the house. So um, it's so funny how people construe alcoholism with certain techniques and things, but um, you can be an alcoholic in many different ways. And so that's something I found out too, is that she would have to go out several times a week to go and have those drinks and calm herself down. But then she would get into more trouble while she was drinking. And um, also I realized that she was very narcissistic because as I got older, it was always her trials and tribulations that were overrode anything that was going on in my life. As a matter of fact, she would never ask how my life was going or if she could help. And so I grew up with this really skewed version of a mother and knowing like innately that that wasn't kind of how a mom was supposed to be, but at the same time, it's that nurture versus nature. And so 
you realize that some of those bad habits obviously get thrown into your pool (laughs) when you grow up. And so I started repeating some of the same things growing up. And so it took me on a journey to figure out, well, how do I break this off so that I'm not the same kind of person to my children when I do start having a family? Mm -hmm. I like the way you have put that term unmothered because that just helps us understand the implications of that and the impact for a little girl who is left to herself to figure it all out. Mm -hmm. Would you say that being unmothered, there was a sense of abandonment and there was no attunement to you, to your emotions, to your soul, to your needs? How do you? Absolutely. Well, yeah, she would leave us alone or with not so good babysitters, like teen babysitters that, that, you know, abused us and um, just like didn't really care for our welfare. And I think that's the biggest thing is one of the things that really opened my eyes is when I became a mom of like how much a child needs guidance from their mother and how much I didn't receive as a child. And so um, even though she clothed us, she fed us, those kind of things, there were just um, really important decisions and factors that were left out. And so I had to figure some of those things out at the same time. Um, I have a sister who's eight years younger than me. So when I was eight years old and this child was born, I was kind of put in the mother position to take care of this child. And so I never really got to be a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I was always the responsible one. And then the other thing that was really damaging is that anytime I showed any kind of an emotion of like fear or um, just insecurity, that kind of thing, I was told to like shut it down. And so I learned how to never cry. (laughs) I learned, I would always tell people, you want me in an emergency because my insides will be screaming, but my outside will be like, okay, we need to do this, 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 and this, because that is exactly what would happen if she would start getting in a physical fight with whoever she was with. We would grab the baby, my brother and I, you know, jump a fence and run to the neighbors or something like that. And it was like, we didn't have time to feel that emotion we just had to react. And it's just a really bad way to stuff down a lot of feelings. And so I have learned over the years that all of your emotions are super important to have. You can't, you don't know what joy is unless you walk through the suffering and you have to be able to acknowledge that, not stay in it, but you got to sit in it for a while. You can't just get to the joy right away. And that's kind of where my mom always was like, just be happy, just, you know, get over that. Don't think about that. And so when I started to actually touch into my emotions, I cried and cried and cried for almost a full year with a coach that I was working with because I had not been allowed to do that as a child. And so now I'm working with this woman through freedom movement, Carrie Scott Garcia. I have to shout out to her. I'm um, working to become like a trauma coach and really help other women because I do help other unmothered. Like I understand a lot of us are thrown into adulthood before we were able to be a child and experience all of those emotions at a slow rate. We had to just jump right into adulthood situations. It's really not healthy. Yeah. 
I mean, you have just said so much that we could unpack because as you're talking, I'm thinking about, well, you talk about being trauma informed as you're going through these classes. Now, I love listening to a podcast by Adam Young, but he talks about the big six that children need. You just mentioned three of them. One is attunement when there's no one that's attuned to you. One is a parent who is able to handle your big emotions. And another one of his big six is talking about responsivity, where a parent is in tune with you and then is able to respond. He says, you have to have six of these things to be a well-balanced child. There's three right there you didn't have. I feel like you almost qualify, and maybe you can tell me if if this is true, but there's got to be some post-traumatic stress going on for you having to put everything back oh, down. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I had, I, I always, when I heard that term, I thought of like army vets and things. Right. And, and, um, I started going through a course through post-abortive care, and then I ended up teaching the course another place where I cried a lot. And one of the things that Pat Layton talks about in her book is she said, you have PTSD if you've gone through any of these things. And so there was this checklist and it was like, I checked all the boxes and I was like, wait, what? And I didn't realize that there were certain things in my life that were triggering me. So I know what they are now. My husband knows what they are now. So there's certain things that carry into your adulthood. Like I don't want somebody behind me and like getting too close behind me. Cause that brings on a trigger of the past. Yeah. Um, just certain things like that. If you don't know that about yourself and you don't recognize that and tell other people like, Hey, this really like this hurts me when you do this. Um, you will grow up being very stunted in that area. And then you're going to impose that on your family. And so it can become a very negative thing where you don't even realize you're snapping at someone. And why is because you, your body is feeling the danger. Yes. So there's a whole journey there of self-discovery, isn't there? Where you have to just take that deep dive in you, in Mm -hmm. in your own heart and say, what formed me and what shaped me. And I've often wondered because I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and struggled with those things, same feelings and just um, wondered, do I struggle with attachment disorder? Like, do I know how to attach? Well, am I okay in intimate relationships? Or I feel in some way I was unfathered and because my, my, you know, perpetrator was my dad. And so you do, you recognize as you take this self-discovery, but it isn't a scary thing. We think it's going to be, we think we're going to fall into this black hole and never come out, right? It sets you free. That's the, I think that is a thing that people don't understand is you just said it. Like, you're so scared. If I open this Pandora's box, I'm going to completely fall apart. The opposite is true of that. When you open that box, God's love comes in. And then the enemy can't keep it a secret anymore. So I often tell my clients, the secrets will kill you. Mm-hmm. If you, you hold the secrets like a little gift inside of your body, because you think 
if I, if anyone really knows what I've been through or what's happened to me, they will think I'm disgusting. They will never love me. They'll talk about me. All these things will, you know, we go through our minds. The reality is, is when you let that secret out, Satan has no hold of you anymore. And God comes in with a abundance of love. I can't even tell you how many times when I have spoken truth over some things that I thought I could never talk about, how much love I got from other people and how much love I felt just like God's arms wrapping around me. Like, I'm so proud of you for like doing that and just going home and just <sighs> taking a deep breath. Like, wow, I don't have to hold that in my body anymore. Yes. It's so important. And I believe that's why people get sick a lot of times too, is because we hold these like horrible things in our bodies and we feel sick. Like we feel sad. We feel depressed. We may get colds easier, like kind of thing. I think there's a correlation with just like, you have to like have your whole body feel refreshed and healthy in order to stay healthy as you move on to adult years, which I'm in <laughs> the older adult years. Now I, right. I totally believe that social activity, like being, and I think, um, let me just say this too. You have to share that with someone that's trusted. You don't want to just share your whole life story with anybody because sometimes people can use it against you. Sometimes people don't understand it and you may scare them a little bit because they've never had that kind of experience. So you definitely, when you feel the need to like share a deep, dark kind of thing, you want to do it with like a counselor. You want to do it with maybe um, someone from your church that you totally trust. It could be a pastor or pastor's wife. It could be your small group, but make sure you feel safe that you've been around these people for a while, that you know that they're going to hold that um, conversation sacred. Yeah. Trustworthy source, because I know in my case, when I was sharing something for one of the very first times, because they weren't trained or weren't able to comprehend what I was saying, they inadvertently put a lot of shame back on me. And I was re-traumatized and it went down again for another 10 years. Like I'll never totally. Yeah. It can go wrong, you know, yeah, real yeah. fast. And I think too, um, I'm leery of small groups a little bit because of that, because some people um, think that, oh, we can just throw a Bible verse on it, or let's just pray for you right now, but you're not listening to what they just said, right. you need to take a beat and, and say like, thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. Those words go a long way with somebody who's been through trauma that is trusting you with their heart. So I would encourage anyone that is a, a leader in any kind of a group, a ministry group, or any kind of a small group, please listen to the words that people are saying. Don't try to get to the fix it part of it. Just let it sit for a little bit so that each time they can come back and share a little bit more and share a little bit more because they feel safe with you. So I, that's my advice for the people that are in those positions is please don't just pull out, you know, like, let me read Romans, whatever to you and pray over you. It's like, that's not what they need. They've been praying. They need someone to hear them. So the prayers will come as we go along through the conversation 
but we need to be able to really hear and listen to what um, an unmothered person really is talking about. And especially if you've never gone through that, you will never understand what that feels like. If you've had a loving mom, you're just like, I don't get that. Like, what do you mean? But the fact is, is this person has gone through that and they've been abandoned and they need you to hear them. And so I really encourage people who are in any kind of a ministry leader position to please just sit with them. That's what they need is they need to be heard. And so please just like, let them know that you're there for them and then ask them, is there anything we can do for you? There's a lot of wisdom there. And I thank you for sharing that. Um, having been in church circles, most of my adult life, all of my adult life, mm -hmm. uh, we do, we want to rush in. We, 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 we feel like we have the answer, but we want to rush in and we want to put the bandaid on it. And I think sometimes that we want that spiritual bypass. We don't want to go down mm -hmm. into the grave. We want to just go from crucifixion to the resurrection. But there was a, there was a grave. You said something a moment ago. I want to go back to it just for a second. The fascination of what happens to our body because mm -hmm. trauma is a biological event. Mm -hmm. So it does change your brain chemistry as you're going through this. So when you talk about trauma being lodged and locked in the body, unforgiveness and the things that you were saying about how, you know, we, the immune system perhaps suppressed because of all those issues. So it's not just like you've experienced it, I've experienced it, we see it, but now science actually backs up those theories that we've known for a long time. The Bible even talks about it, you know, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, mm -hmm. a crushed spirit, those aren't connected, but a crushed spirit mm -hmm. who can bear and unforgiveness like cancer to the bones. So we are wonderfully and fearfully made. Mm -hmm. But in your book, Unmothered, what do you say? Is this a memoir of your story or are you telling others to, are they identifying with you to say, this is what you might experience if you too have been unmothered? So the first book is a memoir and it just walks through my story um, from childhood until the last part is um, <clears throat> my daughter, my oldest daughter getting married. And there were two words that God had given me while I was taking care of my mother, my mother passed from dementia in 2007. And so from the time my girls, my first daughter was born, I had not been in contact with my mother and the hospital called me and, um, and said, your mom broke a hip and she was so drunk. We couldn't give her any medication, but now that we, she's coherent, she called you out of all the three kids. <laughs> I was the one. So I went on this journey and I call it a God journey of, of showing grace and forgiveness through a person that was unlovable um, with boundaries. And so the story just kind of goes through that. And he had given me two words, patience and grace one day when I was having a difficult time with my mom. And I screamed in the car and said, I have none of that. I hate this woman. Why don't you just take her? She's miserable here. Why am I taking care of her? And I was so mad at God for him giving me those words because that was not, not what I was feeling at all. Well, the, the, towards the end of the book, my daughter was walking down the aisle many years later. And, um, those two words popped in my head and I was like, Oh, and I just started bawling. Cause it was like, 
the patience and grace wasn't for that. He was saying, I have so much more for you. Be patient, be graceful because there's more coming. And so that's what I kind of want the gist of the book to be, to let people know, like, if you change the trajectory of where you've come from and you walk the path that he wants you to walk, there's just a lot, you're always going to have trials and tribulations. That's just who we are. We're going to suffer on this, this earth. Cause it's not Nirvana. We're not in a perfect world and people just keep wanting it to be that. And I'm like, it's never going to be that we're always going to have these struggles. Even when we're happy, we have struggles. And we talked before, like there's a lot of stressors going on, nothing major, but like we go through struggles, some more than others. And so the memoir is just showing you how to maneuver through that. But the second book is really going to dive deep into, okay, here are the six life lessons that has taught me how you go from unmothered to unmothered no more. And so this way you can, um, if you're thinking about raising a family or if you're a, a mom with young kids and you're like, I don't think I'm doing this right. And I don't have someone that's showing me how to do it right. How do I do this? Hopefully this book will show them, listen, these are some steps that really helped me. And we're going to dive deep because I'm, it's not going to be just a devotional kind of thing. It's going to be an out of the box kind of book where I'm going to have homework for them. And then when they come back to the next chapter, it's going to be like, okay, what did you think about this? Like, there's going to be a lot of coaching questions in there of just really getting them to the next place where they feel a little more steadier on their feet and and capable of like okay I think I can do this mother thing that's so good we can't wait for you You gotta hurry up and get that finished (laughs) don't pressure me (laughs) (laughs) because um you're talking about being unmothered like I know for me that I can go to God as my father because I didn't have the father image and so you know I've learned to at first it's a struggle then you learn how to go to God is your father, but God has a mother heart as well, right? Can't God be our mother too and fill that void? He's everything. He's sister, brother, like he's everything. And so it all starts with that, but yes. And I, I think I, um, just want to mention too, that even though the book is unmothered, I've actually had some men that read the book and said, I wish that, um, that there was a book for men because I was unmothered. And then also I think you can use it and switch it to be unfathered too, because it's really about not having a parent. That's really what it's about is like when the most important thing in the world is becoming a parent. And, and I think nowadays people are really kind of pushing that aside and they want to be this, that, and everything else. And it's like, no, like raising this little baby from a little baby to an adult is the hugest job you will ever have and the most important job. And you can do it very well, or you can mess it up. (laughs) And, and sometimes they mess it up on their own, even when you do a great job. But, um, but I think, you know, it's just parenting, right? And so God can come in and, and replace those things, but you also need people beside you that are here that he, he will guide you to different people that can be your mentors. So I'm really big on mentorship and, and having like the older woman come beside the younger woman and, and help her and say like, Hey, I, I remember what that feels like, you know, let me come alongside and show you and, and tell you like, this is going to be okay. And, you know, the one thing I want to say too, is 
there is no such thing as a perfect family. We need to stop pretending that we are. (laughs) We all have struggles. We all have issues. What I say is I don't have a perfect family, but we're a bonded family. So when something messes up, my girls are, are strong enough to say, mom, I didn't like it when you said that thing to this person that was private or something like that. And I say, I am so sorry. I'm going to remember that for next time. Instead of saying, I'm your mom, I can say whatever I want. We need to stop doing that. So if you do that, if you, if you can have a good communication skill with your kids as they grow older, all along the way, I would always talk to my kids in adult form and just, it was always an ongoing conversation. Sometimes they didn't talk to me because they were teenagers, but it's okay. Just keep pouring out the good stuff to them. And you can become that mom where now as my girls are older, my youngest works for me, which is just a dream. And my oldest is a mom and she FaceTimes me several times a week because my granddaughter wants to talk to me. (laughs) I want to see Fifi. She's almost two. And she's like, Fifi, Fifi. And I just get this FaceTime with this little face on the screen of just this big smile. And I'm just like overwhelmed. I'm like, Lord, you did this. And so just follow his path, but like, don't let other obstacles get in your way of being the parent that you want to be no matter where you've come from. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, you decided to go a different path than how you were raised and God taught you a lot about faith. And I want to know as you were taking care of your mom and you heard those two words of grace and patience as our time is just about up, but we're closing, there must be forgiveness in there somewhere. Can you yes. forgive someone you don't love or someone that's hard to forgive? It's part, it's going to be in the second book. It's forgiveness is such a huge thing. And here's the thing I want to say about forgiveness. The forgiveness isn't about them coming to you and saying, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. My mom never did that. The forgiveness is for you to open your heart so that you don't hold that bitter pill and have revenge tactics and bitterness and all this stuff, because that does pour out into your family that you want to create. So the forgiveness is about letting go, opening your heart. Also, I went back through the generations and I realized that my mother was unmothered at nine years old. My father was unmothered at six months old. So there is a lot of history. And when you can become a parent or you become old enough to kind of know how life works, if you go back through the history and you realize maybe your parents were fractured, Mm -hmm. it kind of gives you a little bit of empathy of like, oh man, they must've been so scared to try to become this parent. They They didn't have any guidance and no one talked about feelings back then. So the forgiveness comes like very easily then where you can just be like, I need to let that go for me. If I want to move to another place to be a better parent. Wonderful. So well said. And so biblically said, you have a six week program called grace and patience. If somebody's interested in that, what's that all about and how can they find you? Yeah. So it's called Patience and Grace uh, Coaching, and it is a six-week course to walk women through all of the steps that will be in the next book too, but I walk through one-on-one with them and it includes setting boundaries and forgiveness and all of those kind of things and following the God's path. 
And that is all on my website, phyllismantelli.com. And, um, and also we have talked about, I'm going to be doing the unmothered podcast, which will be started in October. And so anything that you need to find, my books are on the website or you can get them through Amazon. And so all of the things are on the website that you can connect with. And I have a weekly newsletter that I do thoughts in my head, which is crazy. (laughs) And um, they can sign up for that too. Wonderful. The book is called Unmothered Life with a Mom Who Couldn't Love Me by Phyllis Mantelli. Thank you for being with me today. And for all of our listeners, final word to those who may be listening today. Oh man, final words would be uh, really let God guide your path. Like listen to that still quiet voice. Um, Don't let the roar of the enemy be louder than the whisper of God's voice. Wow, that's a great quote. Well, it's been a joy to have you today. And for all of you listening, you can hear in her words and her story, this woman has overcome and you can be an overcomer too simply by calling on that same name, Jesus, who is there for us and God who calls you modern day Esther's is this maybe your moment to arise. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at AriseEster.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit DawnDamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.